Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode three of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Original Sin. This was a deeply fun episode. And I could tell from the title, I was like, we got to be going back. Never did I expect ancient Greece. Never did I expect the journey we'd go on. But you have been guessing that Silas's real love was the original Petrova for a long time. Yeah, I've been saying it. And at first it looked kind of bad for me, but it came it came around. It's one of those guesses that the way the Vampire Diaries works and the way the story works, like it kind of has to be. It's yeah, almost a layup of a guess if you're thinking that hard about it. Because at this point, we've been with the show for five seasons. We know how it operates. There's going to be another Nina Dobrev if there's another Paul Wesley. Let's be serious. And frankly, I had seen the name Amara floating around. Where did you see that floating around? My explore page. Like I had seen like edits that said like Elena, Catherine, Amara. I tried not to read it. I wouldn't have known it was Amara specifically, but I knew it started with an A. Sure. I, of course, knew it because I famously read IMDb when I watch shows. So Nina Dobrev is listed on IMDb as like Elena Gilbert, Catherine Pierce, Amara. They gave Paul Wesley an extra role. They said, well, we got to give Nina another one then. Well, that's why you can't look at the IMDb for this show, because also Paul Wesley's IMDb says like Stefan Salvatore, Silas. And it's like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> and speaking of me slaying the guesses, I didn't say this last week because it didn't come to me till after we were recording. But I said, before we watched this episode, I said, I just want to put it out there. I think Catherine's blood is the cure for vampirism now. And I said, I hope I get a chance to say it on mic this episode. And you did have a chance to say it on mic. The thing is, no one will ever know for sure if you guessed it before the episode or not. Well, you know for sure that I did. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's such a hater. I said it. I took a little too long to say it. The beginning of the season, my brain is not moving the same way because there's so much to figure out that it takes me some time. Catherine's blood being the cure is another thing. It's like how Klaus's hybrid blood is a cure for werewolf fights. Or that Elena's doppelganger blood was the key for Klaus's curse. Yeah, like it does not take long to get to that point, which is why they reveal it relatively fast in the season before you really have time to think too hard. But like, yeah, of course, if Catherine took the cure, like if anything's the cure, it's her blood. Because the cure already looked like blood. She took it. The doppelganger blood is traditionally important. Like, you get there. I'm getting into the vampire diaries logic. The doppelganger blood is not really a piece of that. It's because she took the cure. But because she's a doppelganger, I had to be thinking of it. That's why I originally started thinking of it. That like, I know that blood has been important to doppelgangers in the past. I know it's been important to cures in the past. I put that together to this current point. Yes. I know it has nothing to do with her actually being a doppelganger. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty easy point to get to. But unfortunately, you didn't get there fast enough to prove you knew it before the episode. So (laughs) too bad, so sad. Well, I did. To prove to our listeners. Well, I did. So you're just going to have to trust me on that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When Elena and Catherine have the same dream that Stefan is in danger and desperately needs their help, they convince Damon to help them find Stefan. However, their plans are thwarted by a mysterious young woman named Katia, who seems like we know her. Not that mysterious. We know her name. (laughs) Who seems to know everything about Stefan's history. In flashbacks to a distant time and place, Tessa... See, now we're using Tessa, reveals the shocking secrets in her past and what she has planned for the future. 
She also has a disturbing message for Damon about his own future. Silas forces an unwilling accomplice to help him search for Catherine, leading to a confusing and life-threatening situation for Matt. Finally, Silas reveals the reason he's determined to find Catherine, and Damon and Elena face a disturbing new reality. That they do. (laughs) That they do. But we'll get there when we get there. We open the episode on the side of the road, on Route 29, specifically. Stefan is walking, he's stumbling, he is looking a little worse for wear. Yeah, he's looking like he just came out of a safe that he was in for three months. He's a little wet. He's looking like he's been drowning for three months. Yeah. (laughs) But he finds a burr, thank God, and he goes inside. It just says burr, so you know it's cool and divey. The bartender says, hey man, last call was four hours ago. Why are you at work? Because at this point, it's clear. It's like 5.30, 6 a.m. Like, you didn't go home at all before the morning rush. And if there is a morning rush at 5.30, 6 a.m. that you have to be there for, like, why would you not serve this guy something? Yeah. Like, obviously, he's not doing well. Give him a little bit of whiskey, please. It certainly can't hurt him. Yeah. But she does offer to put on some coffee if he wants some. He doesn't want coffee. What he wants is blood. Uh, His veins show up. He bites her. He lets go and he says, hey, you got to run, girl. And she runs. He follows her. She runs outside. But the sun is coming up. And he starts to burn because Silas took his daylight ring. And it's like, okay, dude, get out of the sun. You you know the gig here. Turn around, buddy. That's enough of that, (laughs) Stefan. But then we quickly go over to the Salvatore house where Elena wakes up because it was a dream. But also it was really happening. But we'll get there later. (laughs) Damon, meanwhile, sleeping like a rock over on the other side of the bed, says, "Uh, you must have restless sleep syndrome. It's like sleeping with a tornado. You know she's not doing well. (laughs) Like, how are you sleeping so well? Yeah, you're sleeping really soundly for a guy who's locked his brother in a safe for three months. I know he didn't physically do it, but he's certainly an accomplice. (laughs) He certainly let him stay locked up there. And Damon says, hey, go back to sleep. You were up all night. And she says, I had a dream about Stefan, and it was more than just a pit in my stomach this time. It was real. It was like I was there with him. And Damon's like, I hate this. Damon's like, now, Elena, you're my girlfriend now. How clear do we have to make that? Stop it. Stop it. Do not say Stefan's (laughs) name. He says, you know, I know I said it didn't bother me that you have a psychic connection with your ex-boyfriend, but I don't need a play-by-play. Actually, a play-by-play might be helpful if you want to find your brother. Yeah, it's not just your ex-boyfriend. It's your brother. You should want to hear about this. I get that it hurts, but like the pit in her stomach was right. So maybe the dream is also right. Damon keeps referring to Stefan as Elena's ex-boyfriend. And it's like, boy, he's just trying to separate himself from it. He's got to compartmentalize. He feels guilty that he didn't try to call his brother for three months. But he was like, oh, well, he didn't try to call me either. It's unfortunate given where Stefan was, but he wanted to give Stefan his space. Let's not turn into a Damon hater over here. I do agree that Damon had his reasons, but it's just funny. It's unfortunate. It's like Damon is suffering, don't get me wrong, but he also wasn't drowning in a safe. Yeah. So I'm going to have less sympathy for Damon today. He's unfortunately not winning that battle. And he knows he's not winning and it makes him very upset. Elena's like, Stefan, Stefan, Stefan. He would like for his girlfriend to at least pretend he's winning the battle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elena says, you're right. It's weird. Sorry. And so she's not going to talk about it. And then Damon, you know, starts thinking logically. And he says, fine, tell me. Like, I'm sure whatever's in my imagination is 10 times worse than what's in your subconscious. Which, yeah, he's imagining like a love dream. That's not what's happening. Yeah. She imagine if she's like, well, we were on a date. 
<laughs> well, we were getting married. It was our wedding day. You weren't there. <laughs> she says, it was so vivid. I saw Stefan walking out of this bar with a red awning and a broken neon sign, and he was screaming in pain. And Damon says, okay, well, should I check the attic for a crystal ball, make you conjure an address? It's still quite a bit of information. Let's check the attitude at the door, Damon. <laughs> like, I know you're hurt, but let's all, you know, let's find your brother first, then you can deal with this. Catherine enters and she says, Route 29, Joe's bar. And she says, I think I had the exact same dream. The thing about Catherine, just because she's not a vampire doesn't mean she's not eavesdropping. She oh, just yeah. has to stand closer to the door than she used to. She knows. So Damon groans because now it's clear this dream is going to take up most of his day. Yeah, he's like, so we can't ignore that then. Yeah. Oh, so I actually do have to find my brother today. Okay. We go downstairs. Elena is holding Stefan's daylight ring and looking at it longingly. Um, And Damon's obviously taking that super well. Damon says, so I found nine bars along Route 29. None of them are called Joe's. And Elena says, you know, it's just I had a feeling something was wrong all summer and I ignored it. But I was right. Stefan was in a safe, probably killed whoever found him. I know it sounds crazy following a psychic dream, but it's the only lead we have. Well, I mean, worst case scenario, you drive to nine dive bars and you have a little bird crawl. Like, why is that such a bad fucking day? Yeah. And as she says, they don't have other leads. The other leads they have is like maybe near the woods by the quarry, but there's no like they have no other clues. Yeah, this is not that weird to follow. And both her and Catherine had the same dream. That's enough of a sign that they should look for it. Whether it's psychic or not, obviously it was planted by a witch, which honestly one of them should have like predicted. But even it being planted by a witch, like it still led to Stefan. Mm-hmm. That's what they have. A same dream between two people with vastly different lives. Like that's something to look into. And two people who look alike. Yeah. If me and my arch nemesis had the same dream, I'd be like, that's got to mean something. Yeah. Damon says it doesn't sound crazy. It is crazy, but I'm open minded. It's no crazier than anything else y'all do. Yeah, there's ghosts, like, doppelgangers in themselves are crazy, and vampires themselves are crazy. Yeah. Like, you guys all just got used to that. There was a time when they would have thought werewolves were crazy. Now look, they know some. I wouldn't say any of them are their best friends. (laughs) Not that many, but they know them. They killed most of them. They killed a lot of them. (laughs) They killed most of the, you know, endangered species of werewolves. Yeah. They get ready to go to the car and Catherine says, shotgun. And then she says, what? I get car sick in the backseat. Yeah, because she gets car sick now. What? You guys can't get car sick. She says, another charming human side effect you stuck me with. I think that's a fair ask. It is a fair ask from most people. But unfortunately, Catherine's caused enough drama. Yeah, they're going to put her in the backseat. I think she knows she's not getting this. I think it's mostly a bit that she's doing. But if she ends up in shotgun because of the bit, (laughs) win-win. Win-win. And if she gets to throw up on Elena from the back seat, that's also fine. She'll accept it. Elena says, please tell me she's not coming. And Damon says, trust me, I have no interest in Catherine's well-being. But for some reason, Silas wants her bad. And if Silas wants her, I want her more. They do need to kind of keep Catherine on their person. Let's be realistic here. Yeah, this is good reasoning that it's like, look, none of us really care for her. But if he wants her that bad, we must have something good here. And we can't leave her unattended in a house that he doesn't need to be invited into. Yeah, let's not leave her right for the picking. Let's make him work for it. And Elena says, well, can't we just stash her in the cellar or maybe like a deep, dark well with a pair of water wings? Just floating. (laughs) It's goofy. 
Catherine says, you know, do you really think I want to take a road trip with you, America's most boring, self-righteous vampire? Iconic burn. (laughs) (laughs) She says, just remember, Damon wouldn't have to play bodyguard if you hadn't shoved that cure down my throat. A good point. Elena does hit back with another good point, though, which is you were trying to kill me. To which I'd say, well, why didn't you just kill Catherine? Which, you know, Catherine does bring up later. (laughs) Yeah. Catherine says, I will admit, though, I take great pleasure knowing you wasted your one shot at a human life on me. Of course she does. It's, it is fun. It's a win for her overall if she didn't die. Of course, you didn't waste the one shot, but you don't know that yet. Yeah. But I think, I mean, if they had taken a second to think, they would have been like, probably it's not like the one shot. I'm sure yeah. there's a way. Honestly, if they had just given the cure to Silas and killed him, Katsia might have come from the other side and said, thank you so much. Here's a cure for you. Yeah, because she clearly had no issue making it. Yeah. Damon says, okay, play nice or we're going to revisit the deep dark well idea. And Catherine says, hey, I want to find Stefan just as much as you do. And not just because I want to be a pawn you can trade off for his life. I care about him. I always have. And since we've been having the same dream, makes me think you care about him just as much. She said, no, I'm still going to be in charge of this day somehow. She said, I'm going to cause drama. And Damon says, okay, train's leaving the station. Choo-choo. He's like, I'm not doing this right now. He's like, oh, no, I see where this conversation is going and I'm not having it. And Catherine said, I can still talk from the backseat, bitch. (laughs) Across town in another car, Silas is on the phone with Nadia. He says, you ever play the what if game? When you're calcified for 2000 years, you learn to entertain yourself with brain teasers. I wouldn't call this game a brain teaser. It's more like a classic anxiety spiral. Yeah, it's not really a a fun little game. Yeah, it's really just thinking. Yeah, (laughs) it's less of a game. I guess what else can you call a game when you're there? I mean, that's as close to a game as you can get. Can't play Sudoku. (laughs) I can in my brain. I can, but it's really easy because I just count to nine. (laughs) Yeah, I just keep picturing rows of nine. Like, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And there goes the eight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Looking good. Wow, I'm great at this. Cross your puzzles, I'm just thinking of words. Yeah, he's just sitting there. He's like, Greece, wedding, ancient, spenicopita. Great game. <laughs> and then he goes back to the what if game. Nadia says, look, Silas, this phone is prepaid and I don't have a lot of minutes. <laughs> he says, okay, it's really easy, actually. I'll go first. You know how much I hate travelers. So to prove your allegiance to me, you killed your traveler friend, Gregor. How he learned his name was Gregor, I don't know. <laughs> he says, but what if it was all an act? You know, what if he's still alive? Nadia, who's at the grill, says, you saw him bleed out. You buried his body. And Silo said, yeah, but what if Matt's tacky ring brought him back to life? Nadia says, if this is the game, it's boring. She's like, this doesn't sound like a game. This sounds like you're just thinking. She's like, I wouldn't call this a brain teaser. (laughs) And he said, well, I can't play Sudoku. (laughs) Do you think if they gave Silas a riddle, like, do you think he'd be able to figure it out? Like if they said, hey, Silas, a father and his son go into the hospital. They've just been in a car accident. And the doctor says, I can't operate on this man. He's my son. What do you think would happen? And Silas would be like, well, I don't know. The- How is the doctor in the car accident and operating? Silas would be like, I have a couple questions. Number one, what is a doctor? Number two, what is a car? Number three, <laughs> what's a hospital? <laughs> no, he knows hospital. I do think he would be able to solve a riddle because he would read your mind. Oh, that's true. Well, so, but he wouldn't solve it. He would cheat. So? 
That's not solving a riddle. It's not solving a riddle if you look at the riddle and then go to the answer sheet and see what the answer is. That's not solving a riddle. I do think Silas is like good at riddles. You know, I think he would be like, oh, the horse's name was Friday. (laughs) I think he probably would get most riddles. I'm not sure. I think he'd be good. Maybe not at riddles that are like too much wordplay. I think he's probably good at like ones that are like uh, love. The answer is (laughs) love. You know, the death that all men pay. Yes. Except him. (laughs) I think he'd be good at kind of the more abstract ones. Yeah. I just think it's funny to think about him doing an actual brain teaser. I think he's good at brain teasers. I think he's big brain. I'm not sure he knows what brain teasers are, though. I think he could figure them out, though. Maybe. I think he could figure out a crossword puzzle. Oh, he could figure out. Crossword's not a brain teaser. Well, what's what's a what's a brain teaser you think he couldn't figure out? I, I I'm saying riddles. I think he could figure out riddles. I'm not good at riddles, so I don't think anyone's good at them. I think Silas is smarter than you. No offense. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> he's two thousand years old. He's just going to be a little bit smarter. It's not rude. He's he's right. I, I don't know for sure about him on brain teasers. I think he's probably good at brain teasers, but also again, I think it's kind of inconsequential if he's good. Because he can read minds and he will. Yeah. He's not like so ethically grounded that he would be like, oh, I want to try to figure it out myself first. He'd be like, no, I'm going to read the mind. Yeah. So then he knows enough of the answers. I think he probably could start to guess them. Yeah, that's true. If somehow he couldn't read the mind of one. Yeah. He knows the paths it takes. I mean, when you think about it, manipulating a person through their dead relative is really just a big brain teaser. Ain't that the truth? Eventually he'd be like, the horse's name was Friday. Yeah. I don't even know what the riddle is that leads to that. Someone rides in on it's when they ride into town on different days. Oh. I don't know the actual riddle, but that's but the know. horse's name is Friday. That's all you need to know. You know, you you get it. <laughs> that's the joke. Silas says, Look, Nadia, if we're gonna work together, I need to know you're on my side. So find out if Matt Donovan's alive and kill him. And Nadia says, Fine. Say Matt is still alive. What if he could help us find Catherine Pierce? She's still your priority, is she not? Silas says, Yes, she is. So get the info you need. Rip that ring off his finger and make sure he doesn't cheat death again. And she says, I'll take care of it. She looks at the bar where he's standing. She sees him. So it's pretty clear she's not going to be taking care of it in the way that he asked her to because she would have just said, oh, yeah, Matt's right here. I'll go kill him right now. Yes, exactly. We go over to a cabin somewhere, cabin in the woods. Stefan wakes up. And he sees a woman, and it's a woman we haven't met yet. New girl. We later learn that it is Ketsia slash Tessa is what we'll be calling her. But the actress's name is Janina Gavonker. She is an actress, obviously. But she is most known for The Morning Show. I don't watch The Morning Show, but I know a lot of people do. She's on a number of episodes. Her name is Allison Namazi. She also has four projects upcoming, so good for her. She's been a couple voices in video games and animated shows. Good for her. That's good money. Yeah. Oh, she's been on Big Sky. I didn't watch it, but I see the ads. I haven't seen her on the ads. I watched like the first like five episodes of Big Sky. She's in season two. Okay, so I didn't see her. She was also in 38 episodes of The Mysteries of Laura, which was a Deborah Messing vehicle. Didn't know about that. It looks like a Deborah Messing vehicle. She's obviously a detective of some kind. The mystery is how does she keep a family and a job? Pretty much. The tagline is catching bad guys, raising naughty ones. (laughs) That's a fun tagline. I'll give him that. Giggle. 
She's on 25 episodes of True Blood, oh. Vampire Vibes. She played a character named Luna Gerza. She was in Barbershop, and the role she played was Fine Woman. Good for her. But then she was in Barbershop, too, back in business. She played a role called Field Reporter. Oh. Character growth. She went to school. Yeah. She got her She got her degree. <laughs> so that is Janina Gavankar, a.k.a. Tessa. It's going to be so hard for me to adjust to calling her Tessa because I'm like, Katsia's not that hard to say. I know. It feels a little whitewashed. Yeah, and for not a good reason because we've been saying Katsia so much. Yeah. Like if we had just heard it once, maybe. If we had been introduced to Ketsia and was like, mm, that name's ancient timey, let's call her Tessa. It would have been weird, but we would have been adjusted. But we've been saying Ketsia for like a season now. Yeah. So I'm going to probably be saying Ketsia and Tessa interchangeably. Yeah. Stefan spots her. He thinks she's just a normal human woman. So he says, look, I don't want to hurt you. Get away from me before I rip your throat out. And she says, hello to you too. And she says, I brought dinner. She holds out a blood bag and he drinks it. Yeah, he can't even pretend he doesn't care about that. Yeah. She says, a vampire doppelganger who's burdened by a conscience. Now I've seen everything. And he's like, okay, you just know my whole thing immediately, huh? Said a lot to unpack in that sense. But he starts with this. He says, you saved me from burning to death outside that bar this morning, didn't you? She says, and I pulled you from the quarry before that. That is, I figured out where you were and told the former owner of this cabin to pull your lockbox from the water. You thanked him by biting his head off. She was smart about that. Yeah, so now we know how he got out of the quarry. It was not that the safe washed ashore. That did seem odd when you said it, but... Yeah. I didn't know how else it happened. Yeah. Then he gets to, you know, a more pressing question he has, which is, how do you know I'm a doppelganger? And she says, because I've seen your face before on someone who wasn't you. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. He's like, okay, sure, but I feel like there's more information from you that I need. Yeah, and then he asks the most important question he's asked so far. He says, who are you? She doesn't answer that. She says, how much do you know about Silas? He says, too much. (laughs) He says, I really wish I knew nothing. He says, well, I know he's a bloodthirsty immortal who's killed more people than I can count, and that was before he stole my identity, locked me up in a safe, and dropped me in a quarry. She says, you made it through. Yeah, she says, okay, and you're out of the safe? Like, stop complaining. He says, yeah, I barely made it through I I came very close to flipping off my humanity switch actually but I didn't because I knew if I ever got out I wanted to be myself when I killed him she's like do you think I give a fuck about whether your humanity's on or not why would I care yeah she's like I don't care about your humanity switch (laughs) Um, and also you didn't even turn it off so who cares so uh, okay congrats oh you almost turned it off oh oh that's scary she says I've been suffering for 2,000 years she says strong words. And he says, well, you know, Silas is a monster and I'm going after him. So he gets up to get after him. Yeah, he continues his wishful thinking vibe that he loves to have with the villains. He's like, I'm going to be the one to kill them. They're all still fucking here, Stefan. Yeah, meanwhile, Klaus has his own show in New Orleans now. So how'd killing Klaus go? <laughs> she says, you know, except you'll burn to death in the sun without your daylight ring. And so Stefan's like, oh, I guess I can't really leave this cabin right now, which is all the better because... If Ketsia wants one thing, it's a captive audience. Yeah, she's like, I've got some shit to say because I was on the other side for years and now I'm back and I don't really know anybody and I am pissed and I want people to hear about it. She said, so anyway, Silas wasn't always a monster and we flash back to ancient Greece 2,000 years ago. This is the time, is the place, is the motion. 
see Silas, he's in ancient Greek costume. He's got a toga. He's got a little curly hair wig. He's serving it. He's slaying it. He's eating the house boots down. <laughs> he's, he looks okay. He's fine. It's funny because the whole costumes in ancient Greece, you can tell they're like, yeah, we're done even attempting historical accuracy. We're going to give everyone a pretty dress and nice 2010s hair. They're like, you get it. I said it's ancient Greece. You know, you guys gave us so much shit about all the wigs that we found to make everyone look accurate. You all got so mad at how ugly they looked. And so guess what? We don't get any more wigs. How does that feel? Kitsia has the exact same hair in ancient Greece that she does in the modern day. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's slang. <laughs> Kitsia narrates. She says, he used to be a simple man in love with a simple girl, his soulmate. And then we see Ketsia in ancient Greece with him. Again, at this time, we don't know it's Ketsia. And this is why I was like, oh, I really thought his true love was the original Petrova. So I was like, oh, and here comes Nino Brev. And then it wasn't her. And I was like, who is this? So then I was past the Ketsia thing immediately. So I was, yeah, I wasn't getting there. So you're like, who is this lady? <laughs> it's like, who is she supposed to be? She says she was his one true love. Misleading. Wishful thinking. <laughs> and then in the present, she continues, you know how that goes. They thought their love would last forever. And Stefan says, how do you know all this? She knows all this. Come on, Stefan. She says, because I was there in his arms. And Stefan says, you're telling me you were Silas's one true love. She doesn't answer that question. Yeah, because she's like, no. <laughs> she says, long story short, no, I, I super wasn't. <laughs> That's kind of the issue. But I want to bait you into saying something mean about me so I can justify being a bitch to you. <laughs> yeah. And she's so real for that. So me. <laughs> she's just like me for real. She's like, go ahead. Call me crazy, bitch. You have any comment about Ketsia? He says, you know, you were Silas's one true love. And she says, I would have done anything for him. Nice answer. Good work, <laughs> Ketsia. Stefan says, that's impossible. How are you here right now? She says, love bends the rules of possible. Okay. It's not really the answer, but fine. fine. I mean, the answer is she was on the other side and she came back to life. Like, yeah, and she saw him get up and said, okay, I'm. it's time for me to go. Yeah, I'm heading down there. You guys are in a crisis. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm going to Mystic Falls. Then we go back to ancient Greece. This is the time, is the place, is the motion. Katsia continues to narrate. She says, Silas and I were the two most powerful members of a gifted people called Travelers. And we know Travelers are like Nadia, Gregor. Able to get in heads, it appears. Yes. Mind control witches kind of thing. It seems like kind of a baseline psychic Silas type thing. You can kind of see where Silas got those powers from in theory. Yes. She says, when we were engaged to be married, we decided to reach even further. In ancient Greece, Silas says, I don't ever want to be parted from you, even by death. Drama. First of all, you're very young. Live a long life. Well, to, to be fair to him, their long life then was probably like to 26. So so he was probably a death store. <laughs> he was probably almost there. Yeah. But still. <laughs> she narrates, he wanted to find a way for our love to last forever. And then in ancient Greece, we really quickly see a woman picking flowers from a fountain. It's very obviously Nina Dobrev in a headscarf, but we don't get to her right away. It's not obvious it's her right at the top, but it's like, okay, well, that's who his actual true love is, I'm guessing. Or at least she's important. Like, why are we watching her for so long? Well, yeah, number one, I'm seeing a girl we don't know, so that's got to be his real true love. And number two, her face is covered, so obviously there's a twist there. 
Yeah. It's going to be Nina Dobrev. Yeah. We get there eventually. We just see her at the fountain for now. Because then we go back to present day because Stefan's like kind of had enough of this. He says, hey, look, yeah, I know the story, okay? Everything was great for Silas until some witch named Katsia came by and screwed him over, right? She says, wrong. <laughs> well, I love it because this is the first example of it, but they do it too that he's like, name Katsia or something. And she's like, fuck you. You it's remember just- this whole story. You can't even commit my name to memory. Katsia or something. You said her name. You got it. She says, you don't know the story. Silas convinced Ketsia that he loved her so she would make the immortality spell. But when she found out he was just using her, she dumped him in a tomb with a cure, hoping he would take it and die because she had created a supernatural limbo to trap his soul. More of the story Stefan already knows. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know that part too. <laughs> and Stefan says, yeah, like any other sane, rational, well-adjusted woman would do. I know you're being sarcastic, but no, that's real. First of all, that's true. And second of all, oops, big misstep, buddy. She was waiting for that one. And then she keeps baiting him to get him to be even meaner because this one's kind of subtle. Yeah. She says, which catches us up to today. Now Silas wants to destroy that supernatural limbo. Once the other side is gone, he can take the cure, become mortal and die and finally pass on and find peace. Again, more of the story that Stefan knows. But she's ramping him up. She wants the reveal to be a big one. Yes, and she slays it. Stefan says, look, if you really are Silas's one true love and you're not actually dead, then why don't you do us all a favor and just run off into the sunset together? Fair enough. <laughs> but then she's she's about to serve. She's about to serve on her twist. She says, Silas was my true love. I never said I was his. If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? And then she says, I'm Ketsia. She said, prepare to be gagged. She said, that sane, rational, well-adjusted woman you seem to know so much about. She lights fire in the background as she talks. And Stefan says, oh, shit. Stefan said, god damn it. <laughs> He's like, I should have kept my fucking mouth shut. He said, she's going to kill me. <laughs> he said, well, this day is going to get away from me, isn't it? Can I go back in the safe? <laughs> she says, clearly, you've heard the man's version of the story. The one where I'm a backstabbing lunatic who ruined everything for Silas. A raging bitch witch whose obsession with vengeance created a whole new dimension of suffering in the afterlife. This is so early 2010s feminism girl boss slay. It's so girl bossery. And what I love about this is like, you know, we all agreed Katsia was going a little far with it. But no one was on Silas's side of this. Like Silas is the villain of the story right now. Like we're all with you, girl. Like that was fucked up. Well, everyone's like, yeah, what Ketsia did was kind of a big swing, but I do see why she did it. Yeah. She was kind of right. Yeah, she made a lasting effect when she probably could have just messed with his life instead of everyone else's, but she was hurt. I do honestly think, though, she didn't really realize the lasting effect it would have. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, all the supernatural people have to go to the other side? Oops. Doppelgangers exist? Oops. (laughs) Well, I was mad. (laughs) <laughs> well i got dumped <laughs> it is funny because it's like Seth's like no it's okay girly like i'm not team silas like I- i'm not with him <laughs> but he looks like silas so yeah it's hard to separate him from yeah. silas at this point and frankly she's been waiting to go on this diatribe for two thousand years so i think no matter who had been there um she would have seen them as an adversary she's been rehearsing this monologue she's yeah she's had two thousand years to get this ready and she fucking perfected it in that time i'll give her that yeah Stefan says what are you doing here i thought you were dead on the other side she says i was for two thousand years 
but I came back for you. Let me go and check in on Road Trip. There's some fun little Top 40 music playing. Damon and Elena are in the front. They have put Catherine in the back seat. Can't blame them for it. They said, <laughs> be car sick bitch. Damon says, are you sure you know what you're looking for? The last part had a red awning and a neon sign. And Elena said, yeah, I'll know it when I see it. And from the back seat, Catherine says, me too. <laughs> Catherine said, I also had the dream. <laughs> Damon says, I didn't ask you. And Catherine says, I'm just trying to make conversation. Anything to drown out the sounds of eggshells breaking. So, Elena, <laughs> she's, she said, I'm going to cause drama in the car. She said, I could not help but overhear. You've been dreaming about Stefan all summer. That must be really stressful on a new relationship, especially when you're having those kinds of dreams lying in bed next to his brother. She's like, you know what? I love an enclosed space. Let's get some let's get some negative feelings moving around. She said, I may no longer be a vampire, but I am still a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it made it a little easier to be a bitch, but it is not impossible now. Elena says they weren't dreams. It was just a bad feeling like something wasn't right with him. And Catherine says, sure, I totally get it. There's still a connection between you two. Maybe deep down, you know, he was your one true love and breaking up with him was a big mistake. This is so funny because Catherine is not a Stelena shipper, but she just wants Elena to be upset. She would she, rather break up Damon and Elena and make her relationship with Stefan harder. <laughs> just because it hurts Elena. She just wants Elena to be dumped. She just wants Elena to be in pain. That's her top priority. <laughs> Damon says, you know, ignore her. As soon as the veins out of her system, we'll compel her and we'll put her on mute. And Catherine says, but not yet. She says, or maybe Stefan's been trying to reach out to you all summer, but you've been too distracted with Damon to help him. So he shout to the person he trusts. Me. And Elena's like, well, that's uh, my exact fear. So I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> Catherine says, mm, no, you're probably right. Elena and I have the exact same dream on the exact same night. Why would that mean something? Uh, Damon and Elena are not happy with this conversation yeah the tension is palpable she shut those two up real quick they are not looking at each other anymore <laughs> then we go out to the alley behind the grill matt is taking out the trash and then he sees nadia and he's like what are you doing here what did you do to me he says look i know you and your creep show boyfriend screwed with my head the other night so who the hell are you and what do you want now matt you know that when they screwed with your head how they did it was they grabbed your head. In this very alley. Let's stay out of reach of her arms. Like, let's just go back into the grill with everybody. Or just stay away from her. Like, what do you need from her, really? Just see her be like, oh, I'm not talking to you. And leave. Like, oh, we're not doing this again. <gasps> oh, we're not talking. But she says, oh, I'm here to keep you safe from Silas. Is that so? Because Silas killed me last night. So you, you, you're messing it up. Even more suspicious. <laughs> yeah. He says, Silas? What do you know about Silas? I thought you were some hot girl I met in Prague. She says, look, I know he still wants you dead, so you're going to need to trust me, okay? He doesn't say okay, but she grabs his head. So it's away from him at this point. <laughs> yeah. She says something in Czech, which means, like, come forth. And then she says, Gregor. And I will say, at this point, when she grabbed his face, I did clock Miss Thingy's got a daylight ring on. Excellent. Excellent clocking. Gregor takes over Matt's body. Time for a master class in acting and dialect from Zach Roerig. I feel so bad for Zach Roerig because he gives this scene his all and it is just bad. It's like every five words is in the accent. <laughs> it's too 
fair. It's like not quite clear what the accent they're doing is because Nadia is doing her Heidi Klum voice, which I think is probably the actress's natural voice. And I think they want it to be kind of ambiguous. So they probably told him, do an ambiguous Eastern European accent. And he was like, I don't really do accents. And they're like, just do your best. And he said, oh, do you have a dialect coach? And they said, no, absolutely not. Not for you. They said, we have to pay to get that red streak re upped in Nina's hair every week. So unfortunately, the budget's just not there. The budget's just not there for your <laughs> dialect coach. He says, uh, what the hell? You killed me. Nadia says, yeah, sorry, but Silas was going to kill you. So doing it myself was the only way to salvage the deal. Like, I need his trust. Gregor says, so you slit my throat. She says, yeah, you knew the stakes. That's why we put you inside the person with an invincibility ring. Kind of smart plan. He says, and this line is particularly bad with the dialect. He says, so now what? I'm just a passenger that you can pull out of Matt's head and put away whenever you want. The way he says Matt's head is very, Matt's head? It's like, <laughs> what? I didn't even try. It's like, you'll listen to him say stuff and you're like, oh, he's almost getting the accent. Like he's getting really close. And then all of a sudden it'll be Matt's head. And it's like, okay, well, that's just your voice again. I'm going to attempt to do an impression of what that line sounded like. So now what? I'm just a passenger you can pull out of Matt's head? <laughs> he almost gets some of the words and then all of a sudden he stops getting them. The whole time you're watching it, it's like, oh, oh, oh. Because you can tell he's really trying. And to be fair, this is a hard accent to do. It's hard to say the name Matt in any accent. It's going to sound American. Yeah. It's just funny. Matt. 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 Matt Donovan. No, I'm Matt Donovan. I'm Matt Donovan, isn't it? <laughs> but I can't do it in Czech. Yeah, I can't do it in this accent. And I'm not going to try. Nadia says, look, I will find a way to make this permanent, Gregor, okay? Because I love you. And I'll do anything for you. They kiss. And then he says, tell me where you buried my body. She says, okay. But first, you have to dial your friend Elena Gilbert and find out where Catherine is. Then we go back to Ketsia's cabin. Stefan is snooping when Ketsia returns with a basket full of plants. And Stefan says, hey, uh, do you have a cell phone? I need to make a call. <laughs> you can't blame him for trying. Yeah. I mean, of course, she didn't leave a cell phone behind. And even if she has one, she's not letting you make a phone call. Yeah, the whole point is that you need to stay here until she's done with her spell, but... You can't blame him for asking. She says, there's no reception out here. And remember, I made it safe for you in here, but I wouldn't go outside if I were you. If I were Stefan, I'd, I'd run outside anyway. Get me in the shade. And stay here. Because I'd be like, well, you know, I'm not in any immediate danger. Hopefully I can just stay here long enough to wait for the sun to go down. Would be my thought. And I'd be like, well, I'll get some more information on Silas. I do think Ketsia probably spelled the house, so I think he probably couldn't have left, even if he wanted to. Yeah. I would have tried to run through the shade, though, because obviously Ketsia is not going to be nice to me if I look exactly like Silas. Yeah, that's true. But I don't blame him for staying also, because, yeah, he isn't in immediate danger and he does need more information. Yeah, because clearly she has more to say than what Silas has given them. And it's not the worst thing to be on her side. You know, you're not really on Silas's side, so you might as well try to team up with her. Yeah, she might not be receptive to it, but he put himself at a low spot already by already kind of talking down on her. Yeah. I mean, personally, I wouldn't have done that, but I'm not Stefan. Yeah, well, and also I think in this case, it just makes more sense to be on Ketsia's side than Silas. You're anti-Silas, she's anti-Silas. She's put him down before. She's more powerful. Like, 
Honestly, you're going to have to side with one of them because they're adversaries. Let them kill each other. Side with Ketsia. And not that Stefan would know this, but y'all don't have a witch right now. So might as well get one. Could use one. Could use one. You're down your main witch, which is also kind of your main source of power. Let's remember how central she is to every plan. Was. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's think about that. Stefan says, no offense, Kitsia. I'm having a hard time believing what you're saying. Typical man. <laughs> <laughs> she says, Kitsia. It sounds so ancient timey, don't you think? How about Tessa? Girl, I hate that name. It's fine. She says, it's a little different, but not so different you wouldn't find it on one of those souvenir keychains. That's too specific to not be something she's thought about before. She's like, how come you can't see her? She was wandering and she was like, oh, look at these. They have everybody's names. And she's like, where are the cues? I bet there were a couple that she looked at that did have Silas and Amara. <laughs> she's like, fuck. You know, she saw one that said Silas and that was the last S in alphabetical order. And right next to it was one that said Tessa. And she's like, okay. That's, that's where we go. <laughs> Stefan says, so that's why you rejoin the land of the living. Souvenir keychains? She says, I'm here because the Bennett witch lowered the veil. I saw an opportunity to make myself a living, breathing mortal, and I thought, why not? My hunters failed in their task to kill Silas, so I figured it was time to handle things in person. Yeah, she's like, no one else seems capable of it, so I might as well do it again. If I was Ketsia looking at these hunters, I mean, Connor, Vaughn, Alexander, Jeremy, Jesus, dud after dud. I'd be pissed. Oh, my God. I would be like, you must be fucking joking. Seeing Connor blow himself up last time, I'd be like, what the fuck? You were the one who I thought was going to be able to do anything and you blew yourself up. She sees Connor. And she's like, oh, not another guy who's into bombs. Come on. She's like, you know, I didn't leave anything in the spell about weapons. I wish I could have said no bombs. I couldn't have known. She watched Alexander hook up with Rebecca. She's like, come on, man. <laughs> she's like, why is every man an idiot? Every single one. She should have made the hunters women. That's her lesson. I bet she regrets that every day. Oh, yeah. Stefan says, you know, 2,000 years is a hell of a long time to hold a grudge. She says, clearly, you've never been left at the altar. Still a long time to hold the grudge. I mean. Yeah. Get a hobby queen. And also, like, his girlfriend just dumped him for his brother. So that's kind of comparable to the altar thing. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm supporting her. I hope she gets her revenge. Absolutely. It is a long time to hold a grudge, though. Both things are true. So we go back to ancient Greece. It's Silas and Ketsia's wedding day. Or so she thinks. Tessa narrates, like a lovesick idiot, I created an entire garden for a wedding. And I made a spell that would keep us alive forever. An immortality spell. Yeah, we got it. So we'd never have to depart. She says, Silas and I were going to drink the immortality elixir. We see some people place a goblet and a little box on an altar. She says, we were going to do that as part of our wedding ceremony. Then everything around me started to die. She's holding like a singular flower in her hand and it dies. She says, my wedding flower. Like as if that's a thing. <laughs> the single wedding flower is especially funny when you consider that there are like 400 flowers in the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> like she couldn't hold a bouquet. That was her wedding flower. It's like having one wedding flower. It's like, it's a little, little bit virginity coded. Well, and it was a lily. Let me yeah. see if there's a lily symbolism, but I think that has to do with virginity. I mean, it seems like vaguely virginity coded, but we didn't unpack all of that. Yeah. Lilies represent purity, innocence, and rebirth. Great. And then uh, it died. So there we have it. Pretty on the nose. There goes her, her innocence. 
she says, you know, their garden trellis died, their harvest, and then she realized why. Silas already used the immortality spell. He was already drinking it somewhere else. He took what he wanted and abandoned her. He said, thank you so much for the immortality elixir. And then he told the servants who were bringing it to the altar, hey, actually bring it to me over here like 20 minutes before the wedding. It's actually so unbelievably rude Yeah, that he did it on the wedding day. You know, you cheat, that's one thing. You want to leave her at the altar, that's one thing. You want to leave her at the altar for someone who is, you know, technically a friend of hers on her wedding day with something that she made. Like, you can't just leave her, like, and be humans with someone. You have to leave her and use the immortality. Like, you're spending time with Ketsia, your girlfriend who you're cheating on, and you say, oh, just out of curiosity, how are you making the immortality elixir? Yeah. <laughs> what's your strategy here so then run off and make your own don't take hers yeah it's it's fucked up i mean it's rude i mean it's so funny because again ketsy is very like call me whatever you want no girl trust me oh girl i'm with you <laughs> he's musty crusty for that i'll call you whatever i want and what i'll call you is correct i'll call you queen icon true <laughs> she looks at the goblet it's full of dust it's like, come on. I'd be pissed too. I would be holding this grudge for 2,000 years. Absolutely. It's so fucked up. Yeah. It's just, it's so, like, literally just run off and be human. Getting the immortality spell is so, so, so greedy. One that she made, just make your own. You're the two most talented travelers. You can figure one out. It might take a little bit, but you have some time. And to tell her, like, I want to spend forever with you. Please, please make me a spell. I love you so much. Make me a little elixir. And then he's like, okay bye later and then he runs away not like a 15 minute walk from the city i'm sure if you're gonna take the immortality elixir if you're gonna do this like really fuck her over in this way because again you're the two most powerful travelers in this society don't you think this is gonna piss her off like leave greece get your traveling ass to traveling yes start traveling (laughs) make like a traveler and travel even if he were to travel, she can do a locator spell. Like, it just feels like there's no way he looked at this plan and thought, yeah, it's going to end well for me. Like, did he think he was never going to have to talk to her? It honestly would have gone better if he had gone to the wedding and slit her throat at the wedding. Like, that would have been a better plan than this. Because then you can still take the elixir, but not have her holding this grudge forever. Because guess what? She would have just gone to the afterlife instead of some other side that she created to get back at your musty ass. Or, like, this is more trouble than it's worth, honestly. And I think there's too many things to go wrong that this wouldn't work. But this is also another option, is play the long game. Take the elixir with her. Move into your palace. Say, you know what? That handmaiden of yours, Amara, she's so helpful. I love the way she makes our bed in the morning. We should make her immortal too. <laughs> because I because she's so good at her job. I mean, I think that wouldn't have worked because then they would have killed each other too. At least have some thought. Anyway, <laughs> he's so wrong for this. So we go to the present. And, you know, Tessa says, so call me a woman scorned or a vindictive bitch or whatever suits your story. But I thought I was his one true love and he ripped my heart out. And it's like, girl, you may be a woman scorned. You may be a vindictive bitch, but you were right. I'm calling you a vindictive bitch as a compliment. Yeah. It is not a drag to you. You're right. I will call her whatever suits my story. That is queen, 
icon, legend, the moment. Sensational. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Never been done before. <laughs> and Stefan says, sorry. Because <laughs> he's like, I don't really know what you want me to do. Like, obviously that sucks. Stefan should be like a little more outwardly complimentary of Katsia. He should be kind of groveling at her feet at this point. Like, I cannot believe Silas would do that. That's horrible. Like, I can't believe he lied to us about what happened and like made us think that you were evil when you were right the whole time. And just say, no, Tessa, I wouldn't call you a vindictive bitch. He was the one who betrayed your trust. I would call you a woman who is deserving of so much love in this world. See, this is why I would have stayed there and I would have gotten through this day. Yeah, Stefan say, you know, actually, here's the thing. I'm a really big feminist and I don't stand for when women are being mistreated, especially women of color. I voted for Hillary Clinton over Obama. (laughs) Tessa said, who is Hillary Clinton? (laughs) Tessa says, I deserved a chance to look him in the eye and make him understand how much he hurt me. So I found him in the wilderness with the woman he gave my immortality to, the woman he chose over me. And I said, okay, here comes Nina Dobrev. Yeah. Again, maybe a 15-minute walk in the woods. Like He's in like a shelter made of like linen sheets. It's a tent. So we go back to ancient Greece. This is the time, is the place, is the motion. She walks into the forest and sees a tent, essentially. I mean, it's a fancy tent. It's got multiple rooms. Yeah. But it's a tent. But it's it's made of sheets. And she narrates, she says, and just when I thought his betrayal couldn't cut any deeper, I learned his actual true love was someone very close to me, my handmaiden. And they keep that little mouth covering on Nina Dobrev for some time because they want us to be surprised. But I'm like, take it off. Yeah, take it off, Nina. (laughs) Take it off, Nina. Let's speed this up. Tessa watches him from the woods. And Silas talks to this woman with the face covering on. He says, just as you are mine. I am yours forever. Because when I look at you, Amara, he takes off the face covering. We see it's another Nina Dobrev. He says, all I see is an angel. Now, did you catch this? I did catch this. I was going to say, this is a pretty clear callback to when Stefan and Catherine first met. And he said, when I see you, Catherine, all I see is an angel. Exactly. I'm glad you caught it. That speaks to doppelganger destiny, but we'll talk more about that later. We go back to the present. Stefan says, so Silas was the first version of me and your friend was the first version of Elena. Tessa says, well, Mara was hardly a friend. And he's like, okay, well, that's not really what I asked. He said, but, but I'm correct, right? He said, but I have the general idea down. Okay, your enemy was the first version of Elena. Okay, your handmaiden. <laughs> she says, when they drank the immortality elixir, they violated the natural law that all living things must die. So... Nature found a balance by creating mortal shadow selves. Stefan says doppelgangers. Tessa says, like you and Catherine and Elena, all caused by the ripple effect from Silas and Amara's sin. So then she takes a bracelet off and melts it over the fire. Stefan says, hey, you want to tell me what you've been doing this whole time? She says, telling you a story. She says, slaying. She says, slaying, what does it look like? She says, well, Silas stole your daylight ring. You're going to need a new one. And I was thinking like, wow, this is awful nice of her. That's not what I would have thought. He's stupid for believing this. (laughs) Yeah. She says, when this is ready, I'm going to need your help to take down Silas once and for all. And he's like, cool, girl, I'm with you. He said, Slay, I would love a daylight ring. He said, put a little eagle on it. (laughs) Then we go over to the bar, presumably Joe's bar. It doesn't say Joe anywhere on it. Oh, but I just realized the bartender's name is Joe. Oh, 
I guess she owns the bar. It just says bar, which frankly, if I saw a place that just said bar on the side of the yeah. She knows the branding. Damon and Elena and Catherine pull up in the car. Elena and Damon get out kind of quietly. And Elena says, are we really just going to leave her in the car? We see she's asleep. Yes, yeah, so she dropped a couple bombs on their relationship and said, I got to take a nap. Wake me when we get there. She's so real. Damon says the only time she shuts up is when she's sleeping. I didn't want to disturb our peace and quiet. She looks at the bar and she like, you know, is clearly affected by it. And Damon says, I thought you said this was the one. And she says, it is. It looks exactly like it did in my dream. Isn't that a little freaky? And he says, it's a lot of freaky. Let's see if Stefan's inside. We don't need to be having all these conversations. Just go in. Yeah, it's a little freaky that you had a dream of this exact bar, but guess this is it. So we might as well go see if he's in there. Yeah, we've established it's kind of weird. We're past that. I mean, you already drove all the way out here, so it's not that weird. Yeah. Inside, the bartender, Joe, says, can I get you something? And Damon says, yeah, sure. And then he compels her. He says, why don't you tell me what happened to your neck, Joe? And she says, "Uh, some sicko attacked me, bit me, told me to run, so I did. And when I looked back, he was on fire. Call anyone? Or- yeah, and she said, okay, that's what he gets. She said, just another day working at a bar. Just another day at Joe's. <laughs> the Yelp reviews here are horrible. <laughs> Elena says, the sun must have come up. He doesn't have his daylight ring. Damon says, yeah. Damon says, yeah, I figured that one out. That wasn't that complex. <laughs> Damon says to Joe, then what happened? And Joe says, well, some woman shoved him into a truck and drove away. Damon says, did you know this woman? Joe says, no, but she was driving Cam Peterson's truck. It was about 10 miles down that dirt road out back. And then she says, you look like you could use one of these and pours him a shot. First of all, he has not given any indication that he needs alcohol. So Damon should be a little bit more suspicious. But he's like, you know what? I could use one of these. He's like, you're right. I've had a hard day. My girlfriend is worried about my brother, who we know was in a safe drowning for three months. (laughs) Damon says, I could. Thank you. He takes the shot of whiskey. It burns more than usual whiskey. And he says, <laughs> Elena says, what did you do? It's pretty clear what she did. She put Vervain in his drink. He said Vervain. How, how much clearer can he be? But then Nadia comes in and she answers the question, even though she wasn't asking her. Nadia says, I told her to pour him a drink or I'd kill her. Joe's having a hard day. Yeah. Damon says, who the hell are you? Because they haven't met Nadia yet. <laughs> Then Catherine comes in, you know, she's falling behind, and then she sees Nadia holding a gun. And Nadia looks between Elena and Catherine, and she says, which one of you is Catherine Pierce? And Catherine obviously says her. Yeah, Catherine puts Elena says her. And Elena, like, rolls her eyes. Because also Elena's like, what is she going to do? Shoot me? Like, that's not going to affect me. I mean, whatever. Like, I'm not going to die, but it's annoying. And then (laughs) Nadia says, Catherine is a compulsive liar, but I need her alive. So Nadia pretty quickly knows, like, okay, so that one's Catherine, obviously. Catherine's like, God damn it. (laughs) How does everyone know I'm a liar? (laughs) Elena quickly, she does her little vampire run and attacks Nadia and says, Catherine, run. And then Catherine runs. Nadia turns to Elena, her veins show. So at this point, we've gotten, by the end of the scene, we have pretty much confirmation she's a vampire or close to it. Because she also does some vamp running at the end. Nadia says, you really do look exactly alike. She tosses Elena into the wall and then runs off vampire speed. And Damon, he helps Elena up and says, wonderful. Now we've got a vampire bounty hunter to deal with. So that's enough confirmation that we can say, given what we know, Nadia, we can operate under the assumption she's a vampire. Yeah. Because we saw her have a daylight ring, vamp running, veins. 
That's pretty much as much evidence as we need, except for seeing her drink blood. But we haven't seen any other travelers do those other things. Yeah, we don't really know what a traveler means, but we can assume it's different than a mortal because why else would Silas need an immortality spell? Mm -hmm. We can assume travelers are not immortal on their own, but that travelers can be turned into vampires. Yeah. Anyway, Damon says, let me guess, Euro bitch was not part of the dream. Love Euro bitch. That's funny. Elena says, I've never even seen her before. And Damon says, well, whoever she was, she wants Catherine, which means she's probably a Silas spy. And Elena says, okay, I'm going to go chase after her. You find Stefan. And Damon really holds up this whole operation. Yeah. He's on his dilly-dally shit once again. (laughs) Yes. Damon says, what? No, she almost killed you. And Elena says, we don't have time for a detour. Stefan's hurt. Go find him. Well, also, she didn't almost kill her. Like, she threw her against one wall. Yeah, she was okay. Damon says, wait, stop. Any sign of trouble, you let her go. You understand? I don't care how bad Silas wants Catherine. She's not worth the hair on your head. You got me? Then they kiss and separate. And Elena's like, aw. It's like, okay, he doesn't like Catherine. That's not really an aw moment, but sure. <laughs> like, aw, I wasn't really going to do that much, but. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really going to work that hard at it is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> then we go over to the cabin. Tessa is watching the fire and Stefan is watching her. And she says, you know, hovering actually slows down the process. Which it doesn't. She's just like, get away from me. She said, give me space. She's like, I don't need your face close to me right now. I think we can all understand that. She said, you Silas looking bitch. <laughs> Stefan says, got it. So what's your plan? Take the cure and shove it down Silas's throat. Kill him because he doesn't know that the cure has been taken. She says, you're skipping ahead. We don't stand a chance against Silas with his mental powers. Stefan says, you took him down before, right? And she says, yeah, a long time ago, before he could compel masses. 2,000 years of consuming dribbles of blood from thousands of people has allowed him to hone his skills, prepared him to escape the tomb I put him in. Yeah, because in spite of, you know, him being in a tomb, he got a good amount of blood over time. Stefan says, is that where Amara is right now? Locked away in a tomb? And Tessa says, no, Amara is not in a tomb. We go flashback back to ancient Greece to check in on Amara. Outside the romance tent, Ketsia is washing her hands of blood, we can assume. Silas approaches, he says, what are you doing here? Hey, Katsia, I'm glad you found a honeymoon tent (laughs) that I set up for us. And I do have a good reason for why I skipped our wedding. Uh, Just give me a little second to think of it. Um... (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not a mortal right now. Let me let me think my mortal brain a a minute. (laughs) Katsia says, I brought you two gifts. The first is the chalice from which we were to drink at our wedding. He says, that's okay. I don't need that. Like, I I was willing to leave that behind when I left you behind, actually. Yeah. He says, I know you must be very angry with me. Nice try, Silas. Actually, you don't know because... (laughs) You clearly don't know because you're still standing here. You thought you were going to get away with this. I don't understand, man. Twist hubris. Because you're just a man. It's just what you do. She says, you know, I was angry with you for a time. Mind you, their wedding was this afternoon. (laughs) So he's stupid to even believe this for a second. Yeah, he should not be listening this long. I mean, to be fair, he really shouldn't have left Amara alone in the tent. Yeah, considering it's, again, made of linen. Yeah, (laughs) and there's no spells around it. Because now that he's immortal, we can assume he can't do as many spells. Mm -hmm. Because vampires can't be witches. She says, but then I realized it was within my power to forgive you. 
by creating this, your second gift, a cure for immortality. She holds up the cure. We recognize it as the cure we know and love. Mm -hmm. He says, that's not possible. He said, how'd you make that so goddamn fast? Maybe if you had done the spell your damn self, you might have a better understanding. (laughs) He said, "Uh, can I ask a couple clarifying questions? He said, you can make a cure. Wait, what? He says, that's not possible. She says, I promise you it works. I just used it on someone else immortal. Doesn't take Silas too long to figure out there's only one other immortal person. It's his girlfriend, Amara. Yeah. He says, what did you do? Then he goes into the tent looking for Amara. He finds a gratuitous amount of blood and he jumps to the conclusion that Ketsia killed her. But notably, there's no body in that room. Do you think I was born yesterday? I have seen Pretty Little Liars. Until I see a body, nobody's dead. And even after I see a body, you know, there's some loopholes on this show. Take it with a grain of salt. I need to closely look at a body. And yeah, this is a supernatural show. Yeah, no, she's not dead. Or she wasn't killed by Ketsia, let's say that. But Ketsia obviously sees that, you know, Silas has come to the conclusion that Amara is dead. And she says, yeah, she couldn't speak after I cut her throat, but I could tell by the way her heart was beating. She holds up a heart. Could be anybody's heart. No identifying information on that heart. And Katsia says, like, so by the way, her heart was beating. She knew she was going to die. So what do you think happened to Amara? I mean, she's not dead. Now, it's hard to say for sure whether she took the cure or not, but there's no reason for Katsia to give Silas two cures if she made two. Mm-hmm. So whether or not she took it, that's a whole nother thing. It seems to me there's like two options here. Amara took the cure and died. Or Amara didn't take the cure, didn't die. What do you think is more likely? I think didn't take the cure, didn't I? So you think she's still like out walking around? Yeah. And she just let Silas hang out in the tomb? It's been 2,000 years. I'm guessing that Ketsia essentially was like, I'll let you live if you never talk to Silas again. Like he's going to go in a tomb. Like if you just leave, you can take the cure or not take the cure. But if you leave him without saying anything, I'll let you live. But they're true loves. You think she was just like, okay. Maybe she was scared of death. She wanted to be immortal so bad. If you want to be immortal that bad, you have to be pretty terrified of death. She wanted to be immortal to be with her boyfriend. Not because she was afraid of death. But also, I do want to bring up, if she took the cure after the actions of this and died, she would go to the other side. Would she have made the other side at this point? That was my thought of, like, did she wait to make the other side? But that's what I'm saying is that she wouldn't have sent Amara off with a cure. I think she either killed Amara before making the other side or let her go live off without it. But then if Amara's immortal and she's outliving, then when she does eventually die, which it's safe to assume that she might someday die, she would end up on the other side. But Silas is trying really hard to not get on the other side. So it's a lose-lose game. So either he stays alive without his true love or he wins what he thinks he wins and he gets to peace, Amara's on the other side. So do you think of the three options, you can rank them? Okay. Where Amara is. At peace, on the other side, somewhere on Earth, still being immortal, vibing. First, somewhere on Earth. Second, on the other side. Third, at peace. Okay. Do you think we're going to see Amara again? Yeah. At least in flashback in some sort. Do you think Silas will see Amara again in present day? Do you think Silas and Amara will ever be reunited? You know what? I'm going to say yes, just because of the magnet thing. Mm, Interesting. Anyway, so Silas says, I'll kill you. (laughs) Which, you know, that's kind of the reaction that she expected. 
Yeah, she's like, fair enough, I get that. She said, not until I kill you first, bitch. She says, mm, you're not going to come near me, actually, unless you take the cure and give up your immortality. She does a little aneurysm spell to keep him away. And she says, take the cure, Silas. We can live long human lives together. And so at this point, she didn't even tell him about the other side. She's trying to trick him over to the other side. She's like, you can either choose to be with me as a human, or you can kill yourself and not end up with your girlfriend. She's not telling him that he won't end up in the gr- with his girlfriend right now, though. She's not telling him that, but she's like, whatever choice you make is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Back in the present, Tessa says to Stefan, you can't say I didn't give him a second chance. Stefan says, that's what you call a second chance. <laughs> Stefan, hide it a little bit better. Say, you know what? It was so nice of you to give him that option. He says, that was very kind of you. She says, I'm a complicated person. <laughs> She's so real. She says, but Silas remains a simple man. Ain't that the truth? Because you're just a man. It's just what you do. She says, I created the other side as a supernatural barrier between Silas and the peaceful afterlife he craved. Then I dropped him in that tomb with the cure, thinking eventually he would take it and kill himself to be with Amara just so he could realize he was caught on the other side with me for all eternity. Stefan says, how's that working out for you? Stefan? She said, okay, well, obviously bad because I'm here. And how dare you fucking say that? She says, he's being a little stubborn. <laughs> she said, well, I thought he would have, you know, picked one of those by now. But I didn't really think he'd be this patient, <laughs> considering he couldn't wait a week to leave me. Yeah, he couldn't <laughs> wait till after a wedding to leave me. He couldn't wait literally 24 hours after leaving me at the altar to give the immortality spell to his girlfriend. But now he can wait 2,000 years to be with her? I didn't think he'd wait 2,000 years. Stefan says, you're not really making me a daylight ring, are you? I love his line read of that. It's so funny. He's like, so fuck me, huh? (laughs) He's like, you know, I know I should have thought of this sooner. I know the answer to this. But I have to ask. But on the off chance, I'm wrong. And she says, do you really think I'd give you the one thing you need to walk out of here? He says, that's the, I know. He said, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the conclusion I kind of came to, actually. (laughs) You know, that is why I asked. He says, listen, we're on the same side. I want Silas gone as much as you do. You should have started saying this about 20 minutes ago, Stefan. Yeah. She says, have you not been listening to me? I have trust issues. I'm controlling and paranoid and a little crazy. Yes, go off self-awareness, queen. She is just like me for real. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot make it any more clear. I have trust issues, especially with the guys who look like you. Yeah. Why would she trust him? She's right. She does a little spell. Stefan groans. She says, and that, all that shit I just told you, that's working out just fine. I mean, that's debatable at best. But she's (laughs) slaying. Yeah. She's winning today. Yeah, she's rocking it. Out to the woods. Catherine is running really fast. She's making her little human legs work. Yeah, she's still moving it. And then Elena grabs her and Catherine says, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really glad it's you. (laughs) And then she says, you know, my leg is cramping. I'm freezing. Can I borrow your sweater? (laughs) So Catherine to just be like, hey, (laughs) hey, girl. (laughs) Elena says, "Okay, let's go before she doubles back. And they should walk and talk. Doesn't give her her jacket. (laughs) Yeah, she says, you're not getting my jacket, bitch. Not my cardigan. Not my American Eagle cardigan. This cost me $60 a Hollister, bitch. Yeah. Catherine says, hey, why didn't you kill me? And Elena says, if Silas wants you, you're leverage. And she's like, no, I mean, after you shoved the cure down my throat. I was trying to kill you, so why not just finish me off? This is a fair question. 
and this is what's funny about Elena is she wasn't doing this much thinking about it at the time. She was just getting her ass beat. And honestly, I just don't think she had enough energy to kill Catherine. But one thing about Elena is she's going to spin to make it seem like she's an icon legend murder moment. Yeah. So she said, you think that because we share the same dreams and we both care about Stefan that we're alike, but we're not. I value my humanity, which is why I let you live. To give you a chance to find whatever shred of humanity is buried underneath 500 years of bad behavior. Which is so funny because the whole like five episodes leading up to that, she was like, I want Catherine dead. Like, Everyone said, hey, maybe you should just give her a chance. She said, no, no, I'm going to be a hateful bitch. No, I'm going to continue on my bitch train and just keep it, keep it chugging. But no one said she's like, mm, I'm so kind and benevolent that I let you live. Yeah. And Catherine says, or maybe, you know, you thought being human was punishment worse than death for me, which is also true. Yeah, I think that's true. And Elena probably was like, you know what? I got her with the cure. I don't really need to kill her, too. Yeah, I think Elena was like, mm, I'm not going to focus too hard on killing her because it's probably worse for her that she's human. Yeah, because what's she going to do now? Kill me? Not so. <laughs> I'd like to see her try. Yeah. And Elena says, no, that was just a happy accident. And Catherine says, well, thank you. I'm glad to know you care, even if you are a condescending bitch. And then Nadia appears and snaps Elena's neck. Because y'all were just hanging out there. And then Nadia says, do I have to knock you out too? Catherine says, not necessary. <laughs> Catherine says, no, I'm good. I'll go with you. Nadia takes her. Then we go back to the cabin. Things have escalated quite a bit. Stefan is now tied to a chair and he's in a circle of plants. So obviously we're gearing up for a spell here. Damon walks right in and says, Stefan, you couldn't call, brother? Let's not be joking. Not really the time for the joke, buddy. Let's not joke yet, okay? He's been in a safe. You know, let's be a little more excited to see him before we get to a joke. Whatever happened to, how are you? Oh my God, Stefan, can I help you? You're tied up. Yes. <laughs> Stefan says, nice to see you too, Damon. And Damon says, what the hell is going on here? Stefan says, well, it's pretty simple. Silas's ex-girlfriend decided to come back from the other side. And then Damon says, Ketsy whatever? You got the hardest part of the name. Just say, uh. You just have to say, yeah, at this point. Pissed me off. He tries to untie Stefan, but then Tessa appears and says, it's Ketsia. She's like, I've been on the other side. I've been watching your little show. I know you've been saying my name fine. She's like, I know you know my name. And then she says to Stefan, do you see why I want to change it? And then she says to Damon, you won't be able to break those vines. The spell won't release him until I get what I want. Damon says, I guess the rumors are true. You're a ray of sunshine. Ha ha ha. How about we be a little nicer to the woman who has your brother trapped? And also, by the way, the woman who saved your brother from drowning on a loop. Yeah, I mean, you know, Stefan didn't know what to do with it. But you know, this is Ketsia. So maybe start kissing her ass a little bit. I don't understand why that's so hurt. Well, I, I do. It's their pride. Mm -hmm. But if you are held captive, it just makes sense to kind of be on their side. It's like a hostage situation. Just be like, no, I get it. You're right. No one thinks you're crazy. We're all on your team here. We just all want to leave. But we'll stay here with you if you would like that because we like you. You're preaching to the choir. I would love to get home and just get right to work with helping you. Yeah. But no, these men are stupid. They're too prideful. Because you're just a man. It's just what you do. And then Damon's question. Why is my brother wearing your compost pile? She's like, <laughs> fun quip. I'm going to link Stefan to Silas. Casting a spell on his doppelganger will neutralize Silas's mental powers. Once he's weakened, I'll force him to take the cure. Now, you both should be asking more questions. Mm -hmm. What spell is she casting that will weaken Silas's mental powers? 
Sounds like it's going to be based in the brain. You know, you could use his mental powers debilitated. So you can say, I love that idea. We would love for him to not have the mental powers. Like, how's Stefan going to get out of this? Realistically, she's doing this spell regardless, but at least get yourself prepped. Ask some specific questions. Damon says, oh, yeah, great idea. Force the cure down his throat. Here's the gag, though. The cure is gone. It's done. It's ingested. And she says, oh, Catherine, you mean? I'm aware of her condition. She was supposed to be with you. Stefan says, wait, Catherine took the cure? (laughs) Stefan's like, what? And Damon says, yeah, we have a lot to catch up on, Stefan. Wait a minute. (laughs) Let's go back. Uh, Katsia, what do you mean supposed to be with me? And then he has a realization. He says, did you plant those dreams? And then he says, what is this? Some kind of witch party trick? Pretty obvious what it is. Yeah, I needed you guys to get here and I couldn't exactly text you. I don't have a cell. Don't have service. I don't have a cell and I wasn't going to buy one. And his phone is fried because, you know, it's been underwater for three months. No thanks to you. And obviously it worked. You got here. So I nailed it is what I'm hearing. She says, "Uh, where is she? Damon says, we ran into a little snack. And Tessa says, awesome. Well, I'll get started without her. She starts her little spell over by the fire. And Damon says, you know, thanks for the hospitality, but we should really get going if we want to beat traffic. And Stefan says, yeah, he's right. Worth a shot. Tessa says, you probably don't want to get on my bad side. And Damon says, you realize you're not the only one with a bad side, right? She said, my side's worse, okay? She says, you think you're more insufferable than me? Be serious. She said, look, there's one person in this room that is crazier than the other two by miles, and it's not you. (laughs) Look, I know I'm crazy, and I'm using that to my advantage today. I don't think that you can meet me at the level I'm at. I don't think you're capable of it. I think it would scare you to get to this level. I'm not scared, but you would be. She said, I'm sure you have a bad side, but here's the tea. I've been watching you from the other side, and you are deeply insecure. I could ruin your entire self-esteem in two minutes, and I will do that when I'm done with this spell. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just getting the spell done first because it's more efficient for me. She said, I will deal with you in a second. (laughs) You are not an issue to me. She says, look, aren't you brave? Without Silas's mental powers, he's an immortal nobody. We can defeat him. Isn't that what you want? And Stefan says, you know what? Just do it. Just get it over with. Again, you should ask some more questions, but... Stefan's like, who cares what you do to my brain at this point? I mean, I've been through it. I don't really care either way. Whatever you do to my brain can't possibly be worse than what's going on up here right now. Just free me. And if I die, I die. (laughs) I'll head to the other side. Hang out there. Then we go out to the road. Nadia is pulling Catherine along. And Catherine says, look, sorry to sound like a broken record, but I like to know the identity of my kidnappers. So who are you and what do you want? Nadia says, ask me again and I'll sew your mouth shut. Then Silas appears. And Catherine says, oh, Silas, of course it's you. Catherine says, okay, question answered. (laughs) Nadia says, what are you doing here? And Silas grabs a tracker off the car and says, GPS tracker. Even better than a locator spell. It's got to be AT&T brand. (laughs) You know, there's no service at her cabin, but she's sitting there with Verizon. That's why. Now, Silas, he would have service at her cabin. They could have gotten all the way up there. That's why you got to have AT&T. We briefly check in at the cabin. Tessa's continuing her spell. She dips her hands in some liquid. It's the metal she melted. Oh, yes. The liquided metal. The liquided metal. Yes. <laughs> the liquefied metal. Call it what you want. It's liquid she dips her hands in. <laughs> she touches her hands to Stefan's temples, and it seems to hurt him. It's very much giving electroshock therapy. Yeah. 
And Damon is just sitting there watching, like, it's just pretty common. What else is he going to do at this point? I know, he's not going to do anything at this point. But at this point, I'd be like, okay, it doesn't look like this is going, like, like this is a really great spell for Stefan. I think he looks freaked out. I think he's kind of like, look, she clearly has the upper hand on us. And Stefan said to do it. So you're just in a Damon-hating mood this episode. Yeah, because Damon's being hateable this episode. No, he is not. I also get a little... <laughs> Protective of Stefan. No, I was going to say, I get a little more annoyed by Damon if we're in too happy of a Delana period. Yeah. Because Damon's a little like, oh, I love you so much. It's like, okay, calm down. It's just Elena. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true of like any couple once they're together. It's not as fun as like the will they, won't they? Yeah. I still like it when they're together. Me too. It's fine. I'm So I'm just in an anti-Damon mood. I could tell. <laughs> as I'm known to be. I have to defend him like you defended Stefan. It's my time to stand up for my man. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm alright song. I've been in the trenches with Stefan for quite some time. Yeah, it's my turn. Yeah, I mean, you had to defend Damon killing Jeremy, but I had to defend Stefan almost driving Elena off Wickery Bridge. And Damon had a good reason to kill Jeremy. No, he didn't. But Stefan didn't have a good reason to almost drive Elena off Wickery Bridge either. But I had to defend Damon killing someone I care about. You had to defend Stefan just trying to kill Elena. Yeah. I had the harder job and I got past it so fast. I think I had the harder job. And to be honest, I didn't even defend it that well because that was pretty bad. Yeah, you didn't. You were against it too. I, yeah, I said this is a bad move on Stefan. <laughs> He's not infallible. I can defend everything Damon does. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. Back on the side of the road, Silas says, you know, thank you for working so quickly, Nadia. And Nadia says, well, I'm not ready to hand her over yet, Catherine. And Silas says, that's right. You're fascinating unfinished business I don't care about. And Nadia says, get out of my head. And Catherine says, what are you two talking about? The spell is continuing, but we don't see it affect Silas yet. Silas compels Nadia to let go of Catherine's arm, which she does. Or, you know, compels. He does his little mind control thing. Same difference. He says, now I want you to pull out your gun. She does. He says, and now aim it at your heart. She does. He could have gotten here a little bit quicker. Like he could have just said, pull out your gun and shoot yourself. Yeah, but he's drama. Then he says, okay, now hold the trigger. And at this point, we see the spell is actually starting to work. So he goes, oh, and he falls to the ground in pain. I wish that it was like, pull the trigger. And then she yeah. did it anyway. <laughs> Silas falls to the ground in pain. Stefan also appears to be in pain in the cabin. Catherine says, okay, seriously, what is going on? Catherine's like, okay. <laughs> Nadia takes Catherine to the car as Silas is groaning. And then in the cabin, the spell continues, the circle of plants lights on fire, and Damon's starting to get a little concerned. He says, what are you doing to my brother? And she says, I'm frying Silas's brain. No one said it would be pretty. He said, no one said you were frying brains. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. On the side of the road, blood comes out of Silas's eye sockets. And in the cabin, blood comes out of Stefan's eye sockets. And then Stefan slumps to the side. And Damon says, all right, we're done here. The spell's clearly over. <laughs> she says, yeah, you're right. We're done. It works. <laughs> I finished. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I did it. You can have him now. I don't really care about him anymore. Damon tries to wake up Stefan, but he is passed the hell out. And he turns to Tessa and he says, hey, whatever you did to him, undo it. Why would she do that? Yeah, she says, relax. I just burned through his conscious mind. Girl, just? That sounds bad. That's like the main part of his brain that he needs to live his life with. <laughs> she says, he'll wake eventually. 
And then she says, you sure you want to take him home? You and Elena were doing so well without your guilt getting in the way. And he said, now, how do you know this? He's like, now, who told you this? He says, oh, so you've been spying on us from the other side. She says, don't flatter yourself. It was like watching a soap opera, except boring and with no volume control. <laughs> this is like the parents who are watching Vampire Diaries with their kids. <laughs> I know someone was watching this at home with their mom, and the mom laughed a little too hard at that line. <laughs> it caused a fight. <laughs> she says, you know, there was one thing worse than being on the other side and watching Silas resist the cure. And Damon says, oh, yeah, what? Realizing your plan totally sucked? Nice try, Damon. She's already coming for you. You can't stop it now. You're not getting under her skin. Exactly. Her skin is thick. She's not going to be bothered by a man who doesn't look like Silas. Damon frees Stefan and Tessa says, century after century, I watched versions of Stefan and Elena find each other like magnets. Always the same story. Conquering all, falling in love. And she says, oh, you didn't think your brother was Silas's first shadow. Destiny has been trying to get the doppelgangers together forever. Keep trying, Destiny. Keep trying. You'll lose this one. Damon says, okay, look here, Miss Crazy. <laughs> he says, dial down the Destiny talk a notch. And she says, you don't want to hear it, but the universe is working against you. And he says, you know, if you're trying to downplay your reputation as a psychopath, like you might not want to say you're the spokesperson for the universe. And she says, you know, you and I are the same, Damon. And he says, oh, don't say that. <laughs> he says, stop. She says, with an obstacle standing between two fates. Silas had his true love, and Stefan has Elena. We're merely the conflict that makes it interesting. So you buy this? You know, I think that this makes sense in terms of doppelganger lore, that they are pulled together like magnets. That doesn't mean they have to stay together. And I will say what I immediately clocked from this is that by this logic, if there's like one Stefan, one Elena always pulled towards each other, you would think Stefan and Catherine would be those two pulled towards each other. They seem to be the same generation of doppelganger, perhaps. Well, here's what I'll say, because I think that's wishful thinking, because here's what we know about doppelgangers. They are human shadow selves. Mm -hmm. So we have to be under the impression that each generation, there is one human doppelganger of each. But the thing is, when a doppelganger dies and then gets to keep living, such as a vampire, mm -hmm. that throws it off because that human doppelganger is dead. So we can assume, based on the existence of Catherine and Elena at the same time, that once Catherine became a vampire a new human doppelganger was created, which means there was a human Silas doppelganger alive, born around the same time that Catherine was a human. Mm -hmm. And a human Elena doppelganger born at the same time when Stefan was a human. So Catherine and Stefan are also different generations. Oh, yeah, that's true. So then that's why they didn't end up together either. Yeah. So that begs the question, is there a human Stefan running around somewhere? What's his number? Is he single? Does he have brothers? Does he have a job? Does he like a girl a little chubbier than Elena? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. I agree with this idea of like, especially since it's these two doppelgangers who took this immortality elixir together, that it makes sense that they're drawn together throughout the centuries. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're like meant to be the true love throughout the centuries, but maybe that's what you know, you see, maybe they last that long. Maybe they don't. But we've never seen a pair of them that are timeline wise lined up. That's true. Like maybe the timeline is affecting maybe them being off on timelines. is like, oh, yeah, you'll still be drawn to each other. But TBD. But perhaps there is someone for Elena out there. 
better suited for her than Damon. And he looks like Stefan. Perhaps. But I think that's an interesting path for this show as a love story to take of is there a soulmate? Like, are you going to always look for some like perfect soulmate who may be out there? Or are you going to make a choice who your epic love will be? Well, and then you can also make the argument that once Elena became a vampire, she was no longer a human doppelganger. So then she's changed as a person. Does her soulmate change? Does that doppelganger effect really like change if you're no longer a human? And that could be a question of, you know, maybe the doppelgangers don't have to be the exact same generation to be paired and drawn to each other. But maybe Elena became a vampire and that magnet just got a whole lot weaker. Yeah. It said, oh, dead. It's one of those like souvenir store magnets. Like, yes, it sticks to the fridge, but it does fall down. Yeah, but barely. <laughs> Damon's spiraling, but he's trying to keep his, <laughs> his head on straight. He says, so what are you suggesting? I leave him here with you while I run off and live happily ever after with Elena? She says, I'd keep him safe. And he says, you have a bad track record with men. First of all, she has a bad track record with one man. And it's not necessarily her fault. And actually, Silas has a bad track record with women. She says, I want to keep him safe. Now that he's linked to Silas, Silas can't mess with our heads. And as long as Stefan's in the way, you will never be with Elena. Take it from a woman who has had front row seats for the past 2,000 years. Girl, change the channel. Yeah, girl, watch something else. This can't be fun for you. <laughs> then Damon pretends to be interested in this proposition. He says, no one would have to know. She says, no one has to know. And then he says, or you could just go back to hell. And then he grabs her throat. She does a little aneurysm spell. He lets go. She tosses him into the wall and leaves. A little bit later, Damon comes to. Elena is calling for Stefan. She runs into the cabin and goes straight to Stefan, tries to wake him, starts to cry a little bit. And Damon is just laying on the floor watching it. Doesn't say a thing or give a look to Damon. Nothing from her to him. <laughs> She's just like, Stefan, Stefan. And Damon's like, um, I'm on the ground. Damon says, hey, girlfriend, I'm also in this room. He said, you look so pretty. I untied him. Yeah. Then we go over to a hotel. Catherine is snooping in a purse when Nadia returns. And Catherine says, fine, I was snooping. No point hiding it. Yeah. She says, I was trying to find a passport or a business card or even a parking ticket because you won't tell me who you are. Nadia gives her a bag of Lay's and says, you said you were hungry. Catherine says, for food, not packaged poison. Catherine does not like preservatives. Well, she probably hasn't had to eat for nourishment. But so she will only snack on like, like she'll eat some baby carrots and be like, that was fun. Yeah. The crunch of it. And then she ate some baby carrots and she's like, I'm hungry. Yeah, she's had chips before, and then she's like, wow, my body does not feel like it's getting the nutrients it needs. Because <laughs> she got everything from blood. Nadia says, suit yourself, and then she answers a phone call. She says, Silas the Betrayer, someone lived up to his reputation today. I'm glad that someone in that town, when he left Ketsy at the altar, was like, let's start calling him Silas the Betrayer. Yeah. It's really Silas who's evil here. Silas says, where are you? She says, wouldn't you like to know? And he says, okay, well, you know, I may not be able to read your mind anymore, but, and Nadia says, too bad you lost the one thing that made you interesting. Thus says, I was mid-sentence. He says, but that won't stop me from killing you if you don't hold up your end of the deal. Whatever twisted fantasy you're playing out with Catherine is your issue, but she stays alive. And Nadia says, we'll see. And Silas says, that wasn't a question. She's like, what are you going to do, make me? You can't. He says, as you mentioned earlier, Catherine is still my priority. And since I lost my psychic abilities, that can only mean one thing. My ex-fiance is alive again, and she's on her way to Mystic Falls. Nadia says, well, maybe you two will get back together. 
He says reconciliation isn't really a thing. And it shouldn't be. Meanwhile, we see Tessa is in a room full of lit candles. She's cutting her hand with a knife and doing something with the blood. So yeah, she looks like she's got a plan brewing. Yeah, so she's super not relaxing. She's got business to attend to. You know, Silas continues. He's telling Nadia all about Ketsia. He says, she hates me as much as I hate her. And if you think I don't play fair, wait till you see what she's capable of. Because Ketsia and I have some common ground. Neither one of us will stop till we get what we want. And both of us want the cure. Catherine takes the phone. She says, hey, enough of the game, Silas. What do you want with me? How do I play into all this? And he says, you know, it's funny. The love of my life looked exactly like you. And yet the mere thought of your face makes me want to vomit. <laughs> no one has ever said that to Catherine before. Well, and it's so funny because no matter who's in love with each of them, the other doppelganger usually is at least like off-putting because they're like, oh my God, they look the same. I really care for this other person, whatever. So I was just like, no, ew. He said, yuck. She says, okay, I don't know what you're talking about, but if I'm nothing but a gag reflex to you, then why not cut me loose and we can call it a day? Silas says, because the cure still exists and I still want it. It's just running through your veins right now. Your blood is the cure, Catherine. Does that clear things up for you? She says, fucking damn it, dude. Catherine's like, suddenly I'm important again. Now I'm important as a human too. Slay me. She's like, I'm so main character. <laughs> so this is confirmation of the guess you made right before the episode mm-hmm. that her blood is indeed the cure. Again, we talked about this earlier at the beginning of the episode. If you're following Vampire Diaries logic, this is a pretty easy conclusion to get to. It follows the rules we expect it to. Classic. Yeah. We don't know exactly how, like, if Elena drinks some of Catherine's blood, does she just get cured? We don't really know. We'll see how that plays out. If Silas wants the cure, does he have to drain Catherine of her blood? The same way the doppelganger had to be drained of blood for the hybrid spell? Yeah, or does he just have to pull some blood out? Because it's just a vial in, in the example we saw. Yeah, does he just need a sip or does he need a lot more? Hard to say. I would guess sip. You think it just needs a sip? Yeah. So do you think anyone who wants the cure can take it? Yeah. I mean, I think Catherine should not advertise it because people will be coming out of the woodwork to get a sip of her blood. And she likes attention, but not that much. Yeah, not that kind of attention. And I do want to ask while we're dealing with Nadia and Catherine, what do you think Nadia wants with Catherine? Does she want the cure? She's a vampire. I think she, because, you know, she's part of this traveler group. She views Silas as a betrayer. She's ready to betray him. She's ready to trick him with her boyfriend and Matt's body. So she probably wants him dead. And Catherine's a way to do that, is my thought. It seemed like she was really only teaming up with Silas to find Catherine. That's true. So if Catherine is the end goal and not Silas, why Catherine? Well, maybe. Well, no, Greece and check. I mean, maybe she's somehow in this Petrova bloodline. In what way? That she's like related to Catherine somehow. The same way that like Isabel was related. Oh, interesting. Maybe there's a level of like protection for Catherine along with wanting the cure. Something like that. So do you think like she wants to protect Catherine in like a familial way? Like she's like, oh, this is my distant relative. I I just want her to live. Because if she's a vampire, her distant relatives die all the time. I-, I think it's more that she doesn't want Silas to have her. But if he doesn't want Silas to have it, just kill Catherine. So why not kill Catherine? <laughs> she's her family. I don't know. I don't know. Because if she just wanted the cure, the same thing. She could take a little bit of blood from Catherine and then kill her. Yeah. So I think there's more to it than that. So you think like, their family and Nadia doesn't get enough family from being a traveler. It could be that. Well, there has to be some connection to the travelers that the Petrova line has. 
because because Amara was a traveler. Well, actually, we don't know Amara was a traveler. We know that Ketsia and Silas were travelers and Amara was Ketsia's handmaid. Uh, yeah, I guess I just assumed this whole town was travelers, but I guess maybe not. But we also have to consider that Catherine's family came from Bulgaria, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe, sure. You know, same general area. We have to think about that. I'm going to stick with the family thing because I don't have another good reason. I don't feel confident in it. What kind of family member? Aunt? Cousin? Sister? Descendant. Descendant. How close descendant? I think pretty far. Because I don't think Nadia is like as old as Catherine. I mean, I think she's like older than... I would put her at like around Stefano Damon's age. Sure. 162. Sure. I guess we'll see if we find any more information out about Nadia. I don't know what her deal is. Yeah, that much is clear. She's hard for me to read. (laughs) She's mysterious. You know, I do have a theory on her. I think she's actually going to host a game show to see the next great designer in fashion. (laughs) You're out. Designers, make it work. (laughs) One week in vampirism, you're in. Silas, you're out. (laughs) Catherine, (laughs) you're in. (laughs) congratulations Catherine you're the winner of this week's challenge we go over to the Lockwood house we see the entryway doors open and Matt is laying on the ground (laughs) so he's had a rough day it appears his phone rings and he answers his phone and it's Elena and she says hey it's me just wanted to let you know that we found Stefan but unfortunately we lost Catherine along the way and Fritz is like why are you telling him this he doesn't really say anything and she says hey are you okay you sounded weird on the phone earlier I was worried He says, wait, we talked on the phone today? When? She says, you called and asked if we found Stefan and if Catherine was safe. I told you where we were headed. You don't remember? And then he sees that his boots are covered in mud and that he tracked a bunch of mud inside. And he says, "Mm, I don't really want to deal with this conversation right now. So he says to Elena, oh, yeah, I remember. Can I call you back later? He clearly completely blacked this out because it wasn't him. Yeah. She says, okay. And then Matt gets up and he finds a knife in his pocket. So he's a little confused. Yeah, so he's like, where'd I get this? And so you're operating under the assumption that he's just waking up from being blacked out. From being Gregor for the day. Yeah. And Gregor can get him like in a bed. I don't think he cared that much. I don't want to throw you off. I think, but it's like Gregor, that's a little sloppy. Yeah. He was tired because we can assume he went to go find his body. Oh yeah, that's true. Because his boots are covered in mud. And that's what he asked Nadia right before he left. That's true. Good point. Good point. See, I am capable of critical thought in most cases. (laughs) Gotta prove it. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena is sitting on the couch. She's with Stefan, who's asleep on the couch. She puts his daylight ring on and then holds his hand. And then Damon comes in and decides to spiral. Yeah, he's like, you guys look really cozy. He says, hey. Um, He's actually just asleep, so you don't really need to sit with him. You can come sit with me while he lays there. He'll wake up eventually. You want to watch a movie or something? (laughs) Damon says, well, he's got his daylight ring back. We're all set for a picnic. Elena says, you know, he's so lucky he has a brother who looks out for him. Otherwise, you might have pawned it for a pinball machine. And he's like, why are you talking to me like you're his girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) She laughs because she thinks they're joking, joking. And then he just says, "Hmm." he doesn't laugh. He's just he's very clearly upset. Yeah. And she says, you're suspiciously quiet. Tell me what Ketsia said back at the cabin. Former Damon might have, you know, buried this deep but he actually talks about it growth yeah credit to him he does tell her yeah he says "Mm, she told me we didn't stand a chance and she says what does she know about us (laughs) come on (laughs) he says well 
She told me a very interesting story about the history of doppelgangers, how they're fated to fall in love with each other. Basically, the universe programmed you to fall in love with Stefan, not me, which means we're a lost cause no matter what we do. I'm paraphrasing. And she says, the universe? And he says, her words, not mine. He said it was really effective when she said it. Yeah, he says, I don't know if I'm saying it right because it really hurt my feelings. And Elena says, oh, so she's crazy. But then Damon says, maybe. Maybe she's not. And Elena says, look, I know I spent the last couple days focusing on trying to find Stefan, but that has nothing to do with how I feel about you. And I'm not going to let Silas's 2,000-year-old ex-girlfriend screw things up between us. She's like, I know the past few days have been Stefan heavy, but the last three months before that were Damon heavy. (laughs) She says, you know, I'm not going to let her screw things up between us. And Damon says, you think I am? Well, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. I mean, it's getting a little suspicious, buddy. It clearly got to you in a way that it didn't get to her. Yeah, it seemed to have affected you. And then when you told Elena, she said, oh, she's crazy then. Cool. Damon says, no one tells me how I live my life. No one tells me who I love, especially not some vindictive prehistoric witch and definitely not the universe. And I'm not going to let someone else's idea of destiny stop me from loving you or being with you or building a future with you because you are my life. Okay, except for the fact that she just did. Yeah. Like, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Like, <laughs> But then Elena's like, oh, this is so sweet. So she goes to kiss him. But she doesn't kiss him because Stefan comes too. And he looks around. He's obviously a little confused. And then he sees them. And they're so happy he's awake. Yeah, they're like, finally, we have Stefan back. This is great. Yeah, they said, we have so much to catch up on. Damon says, welcome back, brother. And Elena says, Stefan, we missed you. And Stefan says, uh, I'm sorry, I have no idea who you people are. Amnesia storyline, baby. We got it in a weird way, but we got it. And that's where we end the episode. So let's talk amnesia. How's this going to go? How far will it go? How long will it last? So my thought with this is that essentially when Tessa brought Silas's brain down to the level that he couldn't mind control... She also brought Stefan's brain down that many steps in the level. Now, of course, he didn't have the same like mind control capabilities. So that just brought him all the way down to nothing. You know, this isn't like traditional amnesia, which, you know, amnesia on TV shows is not necessarily accurate anyway. So it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Traditional amnesia is not on TV. But it's hard to say if like they can remind him of things or if they have to wait. And, you know, we have to talk about tropes of amnesia in television. Common tropes when we see an amnesia storyline is like people try to make them remember something triggers all their memories. Mm -hmm. Is that how you think memories are going to come back here? I think it's more likely that like his memories will come back whenever Silas gets his mind control back. But I will say, I think they're going to try to bring his memories back by triggering things. I think particularly Elena is going to take that path. And that's a real quick way to fall back in love with somebody. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from experience just kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> from a lot of tv so i think that's a dangerous game that will only build this chasm between damon and elena mm-hmm. do you think stefan remembers anything about his life about where he is do you think he knows what year it is that's a good question like how far do you think this amnesia went does he know what vampires are i bet that it essentially cleared out like his relationships And like his personal memories. But I don't think it got rid of like his general knowledge. Sure. Like he knows what a banana is. Yeah. Like I think that would be a little too uh, slapstick. Yeah. 
But I think it's notable that he didn't recognize Damon or Elena. Yeah. Or like call Elena Catherine or something. So that makes it seem like there's no memory of like people specifically. Sure. Here's a question. With none of his, you know, traumas in his memory, do you think he's still going to like be an alcoholic, essentially? That's a good question. I wonder if he just drinks blood and he's just chilling. You think think he's just going to all of a sudden be healthy? It's like he's just on a really strong beta blocker. Yeah. Um, You know, no. (laughs) I think that would be funny and there's potential that like he can have a better relationship with things. But there's also this fear of like, if he doesn't have people that he knows or knows what he's doing, like why would he stay here and like keep his humanity on? Yeah. I think he will be keeping his humanity on because we can't really go through another version of Stefan like that. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like we've kind of played that to death. We've been doing a lot with the no humanity. We need to take a minute. Yeah. So I think it's more likely that he'll just kind of hang out and start to remember things. How many episodes do you think it'll be before Stefan has his memories fall back? That was episode three. I'm going to guess until like episode seven. Like, cause I think we want some time to do the little like, Stefan and Elena recreating their dates because that's his best memory trope thing. And that's going to take a whole episode. And then we'll see what else happens. But I think it's going to take him some time. And it's hard to say, like, as he gets memories back, will that make Silas stronger? Like, if he gets a memory back, will that give Silas some power back? Or if Silas gets power back, will that give Stefan's memory back? Because they're linked. So I would assume, like, if this spell were undone and Silas got all his power back, it would bring Stefan's memory back. But can it work piecemeal the other way around, treating amnesia as a typical TV show would treat amnesia? That's a good point. That's a good point. My thing with amnesia is it's always a very careful game of like, I don't like it when they go through an amnesia storyline and it's like, did they get their memories back? Yes. I don't like it to be ambiguous. Yeah. I like it to be like, oh, all my memories are back, which I know is not like how amnesia works. I don't care. Yeah, I am not watching a medical documentary. I'm watching The Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that's my issue with like the finale of Chuck where it's like, did she get her memories back or is this a different person? Yeah. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars reading review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Thank you.